In this episode, I am going to go deeper into my thoughts on how it's just you and that there are no parts, no ego, no shadow, and no, not even a puzzle self. My hope is that you get your ideas challenged by this in a playful and stimulating, but yes, challenging way, and maybe gain some more clarity or at least something fun to think about. My name is Justin Sinceri. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist that thinks the world is in dire need of a new understanding of mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. So this is going to be a challenging episode. Um, the point here was to go over some rebuttals to the episode 149, where I laid out the case uh, about, I don't think you have parts. I don't think you have uh, shadow self. I don't think you have um, ego. I don't think these are real things. Like These are metaphors that can be helpful. That's the basic idea. Go back to listen to episode 149 if you have not this is not going to make as much sense to you. I really encourage you to listen to episode 149 before you go into this one. This is going to be challenging. Um, I'm going to do the best I can to handle this lightly, but in all honesty, um, a little bit of sarcasm is probably going to come out. I don't take these ideas very seriously. I don't. I mean, I take them seriously enough to comment on, but this is me being nice, okay? I'm going to do the best I can. I, I do appreciate the rebuttals. Uh, I do appreciate the, the disagreements. Everyone was super cool about it, so I'm going to try and match your energy of being really tactful about these things. But uh, I, I, I'm finding the more I talk about this, I actually feel pretty strongly about it. Or maybe one of my parts does. Wink. Joke. That's a joke. I'm trying to start off light, okay? <laughs> we got to start off a little bit light. I appreciate you. But this is going to be a challenge. We can handle this. Grab my hand. Let's go. So the first thing here that I have to address is that I thought, and I was wrong about this, is I'm going to tell you right now I was wrong. I thought that parts in particular, but also the shadow stuff and the ego stuff, I thought this were, these were metaphors. I thought these, these were known to be metaphors. I thought that we were all in on this. And then I went to the IFS website, and I'm, I'm going to focus on IFS a bit more this episode because that's kind of what the objections were about. People had, like really are into this IFS stuff. And... Um, there was also some shadow stuff and ego stuff that people were like, no, there's some meaning to this. And okay. And I'll be honest, for the most part, I don't disagree with people. I actually thought, I actually thought that we're like pretty much on the same page with a lot of this stuff, but there is a point where I, where I depart from you. Okay. And I, that's kind of what I want to make clear here. I'm not going to go through each of the disagreements because it's, there's a bunch of points where I feel like I, I addressed them already in episode 149. I don't want to go over it all over again, but there are some departures that I need to clear up. So the first thing here is I was wrong about IFS, it's not a metaphor. They mean it very literally. They mean it very literally. They literally think and assume that you have parts, sub-personalities. And this is directly from the website. Uh, it says on the ifsinstitute.com, it says um, there's an article called Internal Family Systems Model Outline. It says it is the nature of the mind to be subdivided into an indeterminate number of sub-personalities or parts. How they know that, I have no idea. They're just assuming it. They're asserting it. They're saying this is how things are with no evidence. That, that cannot be good enough. In the, you know, philosophically, scientifically, um, in, the, in the realm of people entrusting their mental health to you, that cannot be good enough, in my opinion. That is not good enough. To just say, here's the way it is. Same thing with Freud and all of his ideas. Uh, same thing with the shadow stuff. 
We, we cannot just say, well, here, this is the truth without evidence. I am saying that you don't have these things. I'm saying that metaphorically, these are useful. I laid that out in episode 149. I'm not going to go into that again. But they mean it literally. And so this becomes something else. If, if they had just said, these are metaphors, and we want you to use this metaphor as a way to get to your truer experience, I have no problem with that. There's a level of equality there. There's, there's not this like person on a mountain who comes back and says, I have the truth and here you go. I'm bestowing it upon you by my workbook and my course. Like when we say, Hey, I, I have this idea. It's a metaphor that I want to add in my, you know, use in my therapy. Are you on the same page? You can say yes or no, but we're on the same page. We know it's a metaphor. We know it's made up and that's okay. That there's a lot of utility to metaphors and using your imagination. That's the same page. That's fine. But when you're, when you're saying, I know the truth about reality and reality is that you have parts to your personality without defining what a subpersonality is, but without defining what the nature of the mind, this says it is the nature of the mind. So this is not just an IFS issue. This is a psychology issue. We are terrible with explaining what we mean. Any therapist, any psychologist, uh, anybody really, honestly, will, if you ask them, what is the mind? What is consciousness? They will have a different answer because we are terrible at defining things. We just sort of run with it. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too. So that's on me as well. And I'll, I'm going to do, the, I'm working on clarifying those ideas in my mind or my, <laughs> I just did it. I'm working on my understanding of what these things could mean, but I'm part of the problem. And I'll, I have to admit that I have to. It's, it's a psychology issue. It's not an IFS issue. It's a psychology issue. We are terrible at explaining what we mean. We just sort of assert things. That's a, that's a big issue. So IFS goes beyond that though. And they assert that not only do is mind something, but that they know the true nature of the mind and that the true nature of the mind involves parts or subpersonalities. Okay. The second thing, part of this, the second point of this is that they say everyone has a self and the self can and should lead the individual's internal system. They're not calling it a metaphor. They mean this literally. That brings a, that's a whole different level of, of what we're dealing with here. That requires some level of proof um, or evidence, not just theorizing, not just playing around with ideas. Okay, here's the first uh, big point, the, the big departure here, one of the big departures that I have from other people, which is, they were saying to me, well, no, it doesn't add a cognitive layer. It actually adds an experiential layer. Now I agree to some extent, I agree that these things can lead to an experiential uh, or experience, a new experience, a more direct felt experience. It can lead to that, but it has to involve these cognitions. It has to involve what I call metaphors. So the shadow stuff and the ego and the parts it ha you have to believe that in order to get to the experience. So it could eventually get there, but the, the added cognitive layer is the fact that you have to have this knowledge first. You have to believe specifically what IFS is, is saying. They're saying this is the truth. So if you can believe that with them, but that is a belief and that's fine, but that's a, big cognitive layer. Now this is different in my opinion than something like learning about 
polyvagal theory, learning about how to name and describe your internal sensations. Yes, there is a new level of cognition you are learning, but that's way more direct. Way more direct. And I'm going to highlight that for you, okay? But before I do that, I also want to point out that it's not necessary. And I, I, I said this in episode 149, but these added layers are not necessary. The way that I work, I don't do this stuff at all. I, if anything, to me, it clouds the issue. It makes it more difficult, in my opinion, to, to bring in new ways of thinking to tell my client, hey, here's how you should think about this. And, he, you know, here, parts and whatever, shadows and... And I was like, no, but let's just, we can get to the direct experience. We can do that. We don't need to go through these cognitive layers. We don't have to use these metaphors. Now, I fully believe that metaphors and imagination are very useful. I do that a lot. I don't use these ones in particular. And when I do use them, I make it very clear. Hey, we're going to play pretend. And I say, let's just play pretend. Let's, use, let's, let's just uh, use our imagination. And then I'll use some sort of metaphor or imaginative uh, image that is relevant to that client. I don't tell them what they should think before they get to their true to their uh, direct experience. I use something relevant to them. Usually they come up with it themselves and I kind of encourage it and say, Hey, let's stick with that. Let's play with that. Um, I don't tell them this is how you should think in order to get to your somatic or um, felt sense. I don't do that. That's me. So it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Like it's just not necessary to believe in these things. Because it's again, we're now we're at, when you're when you're asserting this is how the world is. That requires a level of belief. If you're saying this is a metaphor, we don't have to believe that. We could just join in with the metaphor. We can be a part of that with uh, with people proposing that. Just like with uh, puzzle self therapy, that's a metaphor. You can join me on that if you want. It's it's not real. Don't don't do that. But theoretically, you could join me on that. I could say, hey, I have a metaphor. Do you want to join me? And you could say, yeah. If I say, hey, no, you do have a puzzle inside of you. It is there. In reality, you do have a puzzle inside of you. And if you say, you're right, I do. Now you're believing me. That's different. And yeah, let me get back to this. So uh, yes, it does absolutely add a cognitive layer. And in my opinion, many cognitive layers that are not necessary. And I do think that's way different than learning about uh, things that are grounded in reality, like uh, polyvagal theory, uh, like describing your somatic sensations, just getting directly to it. Now, IFS, rather than just getting directly to the experience, they tell you that, no, 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 you first have to learn and believe that you have parts, you have sub-personalities, but these parts also have their own wants. And these parts also interact with each other. Can you see, can you hear how the layering is happening? It's not just one layer, it's multiple layers. Let's go deeper into that. This is from the IFS website uh, regarding firefighters. There's three points. I mixed up point two and three just because I thought it flowed better for this. So this is what they say about firefighters, okay? Point one, firefighters are a group of, and I'll put links in the description. Firefighters are a group of parts, a group of parts, not a part, but a group of parts. That's new to me that react when exiles are activated in an effort to control and extinguish their feelings. So that's just part, that's point one, not part one, point one. And just from this, we can see layers of concepts and layers of subconcepts that you would have to believe 
in order to get to your your felt sense. And it could be helpful. I, I'm not dismissing that. I just don't think it's necessary. So for for a lot of us, maybe for you, you do need it. Fine. That's fine. Now, here are the layers of concepts and subconcepts. The first layer that I'm seeing here is the concept of parts. And not just the concept, but they're declaring this as reality. So there's the concept of part or the reality of parts that you have to believe in first. Then the concept of groups of parts. Then the parts reacting to each other. Then the concept of firefighters in particular. Then the concept of exiles. Then the concept that parts have their own feelings. Then the concept that parts are attempting to, or parts attempt to react to another part's reactions. Or that parts react to other parts' reactions. So they have reactions to each other. They interact with each other. They have feelings. They have uh, desires. They have thoughts. That's just part one. And do, do you see the, the numerous levels of layers that you would have to understand to get to where you want to get to? If, hopefully, you get to where you want to get to. Point two is that firefighters have the same goals as managers, which is to keep exiles away, which, which is wow, to exile the exiles further, apparently. But maybe I don't know enough about this, so that's fine. So the point two is that Firefighters have the same goals as managers to keep exiles away, but different strategies. So from this, from my point two here, which is their point three, from this, we learn that these parts can strategize, meaning they can think, meaning that they uh, can uh, look to the future and put in a coordinated set of behaviors in order to get their own goals met. They think, they have desires, they have wants. These parts, which some, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Lots of questions come up, but we'll leave it at that. Point three, my point three here is that firefighters can do this in any number of ways, including drug or alcohol use, self-mutilation or cutting, binge eating and sex binges. That's their words. So firefighters can accomplish this through these behaviors. Now I read that and I say, oh, they're talking about behavioral adaptations. Through the lens of the political theory, we would call that behavioral adaptations. Um, anybody else would say that, oh, you know, it's you're, you're coping. And maybe these aren't the healthiest coping behaviors, fine. But these are coping behaviors. That's it. Really simple. Two words, coping behaviors or behavioral adaptations, another two words. Basically, what they're saying is that, if I can understand this, firefighters implement ways to reduce emotional turmoil or emotional dysregulation. In political terms, uh, that would be that firefighters attempt to do things to reduce autonomic dysregulation. You don't need the firefighters here. You can just say oh, to, your, to your client, if you're a therapist, oh, okay, so you're doing these things in order to alleviate your own distress. Now, that's a hell of a lot different. And in my opinion, a hell of a lot simpler than saying that your firefighter parts group is reacting to the parts group of your exiles being activated and trying to control or extinguish their feelings through a strategy like cutting. 
and that your manager parts group has the same goal but different strategies. So rather than all that, I would just say, so you cut in order to get some relief. And my clients do this weird thing where they say, yeah, and that's it. Do you see the difference? I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm not try- I know I sound arrogant. I, this is how I sound. Do you, do you see the difference? Cognitive layering that are unnecessary, wildly unnecessary in my opinion. So that, that's the first point of departure. The next point of departure that I, uh, I want to bring up here is that it helps to build internal insight and felt experience. So we're kind of building on that. And what's interesting is that I looked at one of the studies from IFS in particular from their website, and I'll link to it in the description. So people say, no, no, this helps to build internal awareness. Now for you, I don't doubt that it does. I think it can do that. I think it could be helpful in doing that. I don't think you need the thoughts, the cognitive layers about parts. From their own website, from one of their own studies, it says, as far as like um, one of the uh, conclusions, it says, change on most indicators of interoceptive awareness were not significant with the exception of a small but significant change in ability to refrain from using distraction or ignoring to cope with sensations of pain and discomfort. So a little bit change, but basically the the highlight here is that change on most indicators of interoceptive awareness were not significant. So the thing that people like about this model is that it helps them to look inward and to build a greater uh, sense of felt sense, more access to their felt sense. And if you get that, awesome, I'm happy for you. But according to one of their own studies, it didn't do that. Now, the same study, I'm going to go on a little bit more here. The same study listed what was helpful, what what helped this, because the study did have good results. And and by the way, I I respect that they put all this in their study. They should, they should be transparent. And I I appreciated that about them. So I, I don't think that they're, you know, dishonest. I'm not trying to say that. I really respected that this was included. So in the study, it listed why this is helpful. Why the, why was this study different? Why did this study have stronger uh, results than other studies that attempt to help people with PTSD symptoms? Okay. So the same study said that the first thing was that it's an open, uncontrolled trial, which means they weren't comparing it to anything within the trial. Okay. Uh, it wasn't randomized. It wasn't uh, a controlled trial. So that's not ideal. Second is that they say women have a stronger response to PTSD treatment. This study had 76% women. So there's their study population is more prone to seeing benefit from this type of stuff from a from a trauma focused or PTSD treatment. Sorry. The second point, our next point, Uh, There was a lot of therapy. In this study, they did 16 90-minute sessions. That is a lot of therapy. 16 90-minute sessions. Um, That's not the standard whatsoever. This is higher than typical PTSD treatment, and it acknowledges that in the study. And people who benefit from treatment, so what what it says is, so there's that. But what it says is that people in the study, what it says is that people who benefit from treatment early on tend to stay in treatment longer and that the benefits of treatment accumulate. 
So basically, longer treatment leads to greater positive results for those that, that see benefit initially. And remember, this is with women who see typically more benefit than non-women. This has nothing to do with parts. Next, it says the final point here is that the number of trauma-focused sessions is, is shown to positively predict results and that IFS does so right away. So IFS addresses trauma right away and consistently as part of the model. And that's probably why, uh, partially why, that there were some really good results in this study or some promising, not really good, but promising results. But none of that has to do with parts. None of that has to do with parts work. None of that has to do with understanding things as parts. So I will go one step further with this. The same study says in the conclusion that IFS may provide an alternative to interventions using cognitive and exposure-based methods, sure, in that it utilizes a comprehensive, mindful, and compassion-based approach. Not because of parts work, not because of viewing things as parts. It's, it, does, it says nothing about if, if, if we took out the parts work. They didn't control for that, by the way. They, they didn't isolate that as a variable to study. And that's, I think it's an issue with a lot of studies. But they, they're saying that, based on their own words, and this is a study from them, they are concluding that what is helpful about this modality is it utilizes a comprehensive, mindful, and compassion-based approach. Yeah, and of course, yes, that's what would help with any, you don't have to have the parts uh, metaphor in there for that to work. You, you just don't. So can it build internal insight and felt experience? I think for some people, absolutely can. It, for you, I, I'm not gonna doubt it. I don't, I don't like disbelieve you. So the, the last thing I wanna go into here uh, the last departure that I have from people, which is, or that I'm bringing up, there's, there's a lot more probably, but um, I'm just, I just focus on these few. They said that, a, a couple of people said that, well, there's no, I think I said in episode 149, there's no blood test for shadows or something like that. And they said, well, there's no blood test for attachment or for polyvagal theory either. They're all, all of these things are quote unquote, just theories. And no, not really. These are wildly different. The polyvagal theory is science. It's not declaration. There are hundreds of peer-reviewed articles. Uh, Porges has his own lab where he's studying these things. He's studying heart rate variability and how it relates to the vagus nerve. Uh, there is also criticism of the polyvagal theory, and that's part of science. That's a good thing. There is, I think his name's Grossman or Grossman. He's a serious critic of the polyvagal theory. I don't, think, I don't know if anyone else, but um, he's kind of the one, and Porges has responded to him. So there is real critiques of the polyvagal theory, or at least a critique. But that's the norm for science. That's okay. Because ultimately what Porges puts out can be wrong. It can be uh, disputed. Somebody can come along and say, you, you've got it wrong because of this. I have new evidence to bring to you. That's not true for uh, internal family systems or shadow work or whatever. All I can do is make a logical argument against it. And really ask for evidence. Like, well, show me the parts. Like, show me. Do something to indicate that, yes, this is real. Beyond that, uh, it's the burden is not mine to disprove it. I'm, I'm trying to bring an alternative way of viewing things. And, and yes, flat out negating this stuff. But the, the burden is not mine to disprove this stuff. The burden is on the people making this up to prove it. That's not my burden. I'm just, I think this is an interesting discussion. So polyvagal theory is science. It's It's... There are hypotheses involved, and there's a there's an element of falsifiability. That's not IFS. That's not shadow work. That's not ego. 
It's just not. When it comes to attachment, uh, Portis's wife, Sue Carter, uh, she does research on love and she does research on connection and how oxytocin and vasopressin are part of this. So, no, she's not simply declaring something. She's doing research that can be falsifiable and saying, here's my results. That's way different than you know, going off into a, a different room for 10 minutes and thinking, coming back and saying, I've got it. Puzzle self therapy. It's way different. It, it, but if, if you want to equate all these things, puzzle self therapy is now in the mix. It's, sorry, but like you, you just opened the door for all kinds of nonsense. And, and the other the last thing I want to bring up here, which has to do with these disagreements, and there's this. Um, fallacy of non-falsifiability. Is that what it's called? Or basically, if, if somehow that me critiquing this somehow proves it, that's an issue. So for me to say, I don't believe in this stuff, and then to be told, that's one of your parts talking. Um, no, that's me. I'm, I'm saying that. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in the primary assertion that we have parts. I don't believe that. I don't believe that we have a shadow self. I think, you know, metaphorically, these are fine. I don't, I don't care. But when you're talking about objective reality, no, I don't believe you. So when I, or when anybody disagrees and then somehow you filter that and turn it into this actually proves my case, I, I would really encourage you to, to question that. Because does it? No, of course not. So I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I don't think I want to keep going into this. I probably want to have one more episode. And that'll probably be it. Um, But I do think the whole it's just you thing, that it feels like it's part of this show now, part of this podcast. If that's a, I don't, I'm not going to like drill that in your head. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I don't think, um, but if that's an issue for you, I, I may have lost you as, as a listener, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that. I really am, or I'm sad to think that. I do absolutely invite you to keep coming back, and hopefully there'll be something in the podcast that resonates with you. Um, I think that my goal with all this is, is to challenge the ideas out there that I think need to be challenged. And uh, I, have, I think I have to acknowledge as well that ultimately I am making an argument. I am trying to convince you of something. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, express my thought here. If I have failed in that, I'm okay with that. I, I absolutely respect whatever you thoughts you have. But I think it's fun and interesting and a necessary part of um, discussion, th- rational thought to 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 disagree and to put it out there and into and to invite uh, more disagreement. I mean, that's how we can build on our thoughts and eliminate ones that are not necessary and build on ones that are that are, are rational and helpful and make sense in comparison to the uh, objective world. So this is my attempt in that, especially the mental health field. This is something that's very special to me, but it needs an overhaul. I, I'm not, I don't mean that in a joking way. I, I'm very serious about this. That the world, the psychology field, and the profession of therapy or the practice of therapy, there's some major issues here.
there are some major issues here. I'm going to talk about that more in other episodes. Thank you again for everyone that responded to this. And you're, of course, invited to keep responding. I don't think I'm going to keep bringing this up in the podcast. But I do appreciate the responses I got. And for the most part, I agree. What I highlighted here are some aspects of where we divert. Uh, But again, I I do appreciate everyone responding to me, uh, even the person who called me arrogant. I appreciate that. Now, thank you for listening, uh, fellow Stucknut. I do hope you've learned something new or got your thoughts challenged at least. least. Um, But I hope you got something out of this to help you in your own process of getting unstuck. And that might mean you felt a bit uncomfortable. If so, if you've enjoyed this, please share it with someone. Head on over to justinlmft.com. There's a ton of free resources there for you to share if you like. justinlmft.com. Thanks. This and other content I create is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you're experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing should be understood to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only.